we had just spent this this effort, you know, two xing or three xing our revenue in two and a half months, and basically overnight, all it went away, right? Because a large part of our customer, they were high these high growth tech companies or high growth hiring companies that like it wasn't even that they needed to stop hiring; they just didn't know what this was going to be. Hey, it's Josh. Before we get started with this episode, I just want to ask that if you're listening, please subscribe in your podcast app so you'll get notifications when new episodes come out. And if you like this episode, share it with a friend and maybe leave a review. It will really help us out. Okay, enjoy the episode. Breaking news tonight, the coronavirus forcing millions more Americans into virtual lockdown. Our country wasn't built to be shut down. This is not a country that was built for this it was not built to be shut down. America will again and soon be open for business, uh, very soon, a lot sooner than uh, three or four months. It's there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of fear. Um, there's a lot of, you know, wondering if you're risking your life by going to work. Welcome to the Restarting America podcast. On this episode, we're excited to welcome Andrew Gardner, of the CEO of Humanly. Humanly is a hiring platform that screens and schedules job candidates at scale. Andrew is the co-founder and COO of the platform, and we're excited for him to join us today. Okay, thank you, Andrew, so much for being here with us today. We're really excited to hear um, about you and about Humanly and what's been going on. Uh, tell us a little bit about what's happened with you before COVID hit? You know, we're obviously here to talk about COVID, but give me a little bit of a story of what happened before all this happened. Yeah, yeah, Thank, thanks for having me, Josh. I appreciate it. Um, it has been been a, quite a bit of a crazy journey, to say the least, um, as many are, are, are going through today with COVID and even, you know, before COVID, uh, you know, we've been on the human league journey about a year and a half. Um, and it's been, a, it even started as a unique one. So me and my co-founder, we have two young kids and, you know, for, for a while we, we had to kind of moonlight before we went full time on humanly. And so um, it's, it's been um, a, a, a uh, it's been an amazing journey with some really highs and really lows. Um, but it, but pre-COVID, uh, you know, we've been in the HR technology space for quite some time. Um, so myself and my co-founder, Prem, we met working in an employee engagement platform. He ran product there. I was on the sales side of the business. And I think we saw a challenge related to high volume screening for, for uh, organizations that do quite a bit of hiring. Um, it kept rearing its head in our average conversations we were having with our clients and prospects at our last company. And I think we always thought we'd come back together to take on th this challenge. And um, yeah, about a year and a half ago, we, we started on this journey and just went out, interviewed a ton of recruiters. And, um, you know, our, our goal was to interview as many people as we could before we wrote a, our first line of code um, and really fall in love with the problem we're solving, not just the solution that we're building. Um, and yeah, it's been a crazy journey from building a product to launching it, to onboarding your first set of customers, to then COVID hitting and losing customers, to then trying it. Yeah, so so it's been, it's been a lot, but but it's been a lot of fun and it's really rewarding. Yeah, tell me about the decision you made to go from moonlighting to to full time. How did that happen? Yeah, yeah. So I've always been 
I guess a glutton for punishment, I say, because I've, I've never been at a company more than 120 people or so. So I've always just been in the startup life. This is my first founding experience in technology, but um, I've, so I've always been in early stage startups. Uh, my co-founder, Prem, though, he was at Microsoft for over 10 years. And, it, and it's funny, he, he laughs about this, but it, it really is crazy to think about. It took him having his now five-year-old son, so five years ago, it took him having his son, Taisto, to, to realize that he wanted to start in the startup journey, right? So he decided to leave Microsoft, the comfy, you know, the amazingness of Microsoft to go work at an early stage technology startup, mm-hmm. um, you know, right when he had his first kid. And, um, and that, that's where we ended up meeting, right? And, um, and so the two of us worked together really closely. And for me, I guess the calculation is, look, you know, A, a I'm not getting any younger. I think at some point, you know, if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to go out and, and do something like this, you have to just kind of do it you know, jump off the deep end. And we did it in a way that we had to be a little bit more tactical and thoughtful around how we did it. You know, we weren't afforded the ability to be, you know, recent college grads that had really low overhead. We had mortgages and kids and diapers and so forth. And so, um, you know, fortunately we had built up some really great relationships with our current founders um, at the companies we were at. And so they believed in us so that we could work on a side project as we continue to work our day jobs. And so it allowed us to kind of transition from him running product for me being a salesperson to, you know, at night, my wife probably hated me the entire time because I was basically working two jobs. But um, yeah, we had some amazing mentors and leaders at our current organizations that gave us the ability to kind of transition into humanly and what we were working on. So tell me a little, like, what was, what was the, the trajectory you were on, like going into 2020 looking like? Yeah, yeah, it, it really was an exciting time. So we had had our product out in market about six months. Um, you know, we, we had toyed around with the idea of participating in an accelerator for quite some time. So my co-founder was a mentor at Techstars up in Seattle. Um, you know, we had heard the stories of Y Combinator and the Airbnbs, the world and so forth. And so I think at the stage we were at in 2019, um, we knew that that would be a really interesting opportunity for us, obviously not knowing what was in front of us with COVID. So we, um, we worked hard to onboard our first customers to get a product built. Um, and we were fortunate to, to get into Y Combinator as well as a couple other accelerators. And so that was from January through March of, of this year of 2020. And so you know, hitting, hitting the, the turn of the year when 2020 came, it was just an exciting time where we were traveling to Mountain View, to Silicon Valley. We were meeting with some of the, you know, the world's best entrepreneurs and, and getting mentorship. And yeah, it really was an exciting time for sure. What was it like to be involved in White Combinator? Yeah, I mean, I hate to sit here and be so cliche about it, but really like they talk about as a founder, you almost have to like cut out everything in your life for the three months of the program and yeah. be 100% invested. And we obviously couldn't do that because we had kids. And so for me, I'm about an hour and a half away from Mountain View. My two other co-founders are in Seattle. So they'd fly down a couple days a week and I'd go swing and pick them up at the airport. We'd stay in like a sleazy motel in Mountain View. And then my kids would miss me for a couple days and then I'd come home. And so uh, we had kind of had this weekly ritual, but was what was so cool is as early stage founders, 
that are distributed, we didn't always have enough. Most teams don't have an opportunity to be there in person together on a weekly basis. So it was a really great bonding experience for us as founders that brought us all closer together um, and helped us grow so much. Um, but the program itself, it really is like everything what you would expect, like the, the network, the support, the mentorship that's provided through the program is, is truly unbelievable, right? I think at the end of the day, it does require you as an organization to have a really clear idea of what you want to get out of a program like that when you go in so that you can then go and accomplish the goals that you want to hit over the course of those three months. They're like not going to do the work for you, but they give you the pieces you need to really grow and be successful in that environment. Yeah. Something interesting when you say you talk like you talk about like uh, you know not being a recent college grad and having kids and I think that in a lot of our interviews we talk to people I think uh, even the maybe it was the last one she said she was born an entrepreneur because born into an entrepreneurial family and I think about like uh, the impact of like obviously it's like it's got to be stressful as a founder and like as a family to deal with all this stuff but I think of just like the impact of like your your kid and the, your co-founders kid like seeing you like pursue these things and uh how that will like leave an imprint to like the next generation of entrepreneurs um kind of thing did you did you grow up in an entrepreneurial family yeah no not not necessarily entrepreneurial per se so my dad's like a, a CFO, right? My mom worked at a, at a lab at the University, you know, University of California, Davis here. So not neither were entrepreneurs themselves, but I think my brother actually is one. So my older brother, who's three years older than me, started an e-commerce company out of his dorm room at UC San Diego. And, um, and when I graduated from Cal Poly, it was natural for, it, the timing was right where he was looking for someone to come in and help him scale his business. Now, his business was a little bit different than what we're doing here in terms of, it was more of kind of like a lifestyle business than like a venture backed high growth company. Um, so a little bit different there, but I think I've always, whether it's been on the athletic field or, you know, like being a captain on my high school soccer team or whatever it ended up being right. I think I've always like leaned that way. Right. And, and in my work, I think, you know, it also just the environment I like surrounding myself is I'm more successful as I take on more. And so um, I, that kind of brings out the best in me. And those times when I'm less busy or not doing as much, that's when I really struggle. So you're, so it's 2020, you're driving back and forth um, to Mountain View and, and back home. Um, and then March rolls around. Tell me, tell me what happened in March for you and your company. Yeah, so it's a uh, it's it's pr pretty uh, it's a pretty interesting story. Let's put it this way: so one of our biggest goals going to Y Combinator in January was to grow, right? I think at the end of the day, the stage of company we're at, it was all about growing our revenue, growing our customer base. And for me, I'm you know COO, I own revenue, so that is the hat I wear, right? And um, using Y Combinator and their network to help catalyze growth. Um, and and uh, you know, until really COVID hit we had this amazing time growing the company throughout the program. So like literally put everything into, you know, driving up to San Francisco, went on site with all these companies, brought on some really great customers, all this great work for two and a half, two and a half months, you know, like barely sleeping, all the cliches that, that go into it, right? And then what happens is right when demo day is coming up, two weeks before demo day is when the NBA announced the shutdown and COVID like literally remember. overnight, change the world, right? I think everyone remembers where they were when that announcement was, right? And I so for me- Mark Cuban, yeah. It was like yeah. 
Ugh. Yeah. And for, for me, the hard part was like, we had just spent this, this effort, you know, two Xing or three Xing our revenue in two and a half months. And basically overnight, all it went away, right? Cause a large part of our customer, they were high, these high growth tech companies or high growth hiring companies that like, it wasn't even that they needed to stop hiring. They just didn't know what this was going to be. So they said, Hey, we know we're going to have to eventually grow, but for now, we're not hiring, right? Like, and who needs a hiring tool when you're not hiring? <laughs> so like, you know, we had just put all this into three months of work and, you know, my hair turned gray over the course of that, like all that stuff, all, all, all that. And then overnight it all goes away, right? Um, but, you know, obviously coming out of it, there's been a lot of positives and there's a lot of stuff that, but yeah, that was kind of the early 2020 for, for us and our co-founders. Now we had done a, a great job fundraising ahead of Y Combinator. And so we had runway and we didn't have to go, you know, think about laying off our one or two other employees or making extreme measures like many of our competitors or other technology companies have had to make really, really tough decisions. And we were fortunate that we were early and um, we, you know, had, had the runway to be able to, to, you know, not have to make some really tough decisions. It seems like with your product and your business, like you kind of like have a re, I mean, this, the story is so kind of universal. Like we were going to hire, we were in the final stages of hiring in March and we shut down our process. We told everyone, look, like we like you and we don't, we don't want to be disrespectful, but like we, we we're unsure of what's going on right now. So we're also, we're not going to hire anymore. We actually just hot. We just had yeah. part on Monday and we're a small company. We were three, now we're four full time with like a few other people running around part-time and contractors. And, and so it's like for us personally, it's been this whole thing of like, okay, now, we, now we've hired and we're growing. And you probably saw this like, at like, a, 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 like and felt it at like a more intense level. Like what did you see as kind of a, like as time progressed? Like what you're, you're yeah. kind of like, we're not hiring. Like, like that obviously yeah. changed at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that the biggest thing we tried to tell ourselves at the end of the day, I think the word that kept coming coming up was empathy, right? Like understanding that like, yeah, as bad as things are for us or as challenging as, you know, think of, you know, in their shoes, I'm sure it's 10 times worse, right? So for us, you know, our goal in everything we were doing was to not lose a customer. Like if anything, we needed to pause, you know, even maybe in, you know, for, for quite some time, right? And we're gonna reevaluate it in six months or you know, who knows how long this is gonna last, right? So really, we almost proactively reached out to our client base and said, look, we know a lot of you are going through these challenging times. We don't wanna be another burden, right? Let's pause this. If you need support throughout this time, we're here for you. Again, because we had the ability to do this without it negatively affecting our business to the point where we had to go out of business like some of the people you talked to, right? And so we're able to be proactive and say, hey, let's pause this. Let's reevaluate this as things, as we get a, more of an idea of what we're facing, right? And I think what's happened is now, clearly COVID is not anywhere near the end. I mean, I know a day or two, like we, we potentially got a, uh, in, uh, an announcement on a vaccine, which is seem, yeah. seeming good, but who knows how soon that'll be. We're also right? seeing but the, I think, the, the largest number. I mean, it's just like very interesting, like the, from March till now, like we're, all this happened in March when there's dozens of cases, you know, yeah. hundred cases. And now we're in, you know, we're hitting 10,000 cases a day and uh, yeah, know, a vaccine may be coming, but yeah, I mean, it's been a, quite a journey there. Yeah. And I think, you know, that the challenge, the, the, the turning the corner piece is although we haven't solved this issue, right. 
I think we now have a handle on what, at least what operating in a COVID environment now means, right? We've been all, we've at this long enough that as businesses, we now know what we need to do moving forward, right? And so I think that's been the, the, the shift is for about three months or so there, it was like the world is ending. We have no idea what's happening. I don't know how to operate my business in this environment. So let's talk in, in down the road, right? But now I think business owners and companies that are hiring are at the point where, hey, it needs to get back to some sort of business as usual. And the reality for us is what we do is we have a tool that helps to streamline parts of the recruitment process. And while our goal is not to replace humans in the recruiting and get people fired, by no means at all is that what we do, but really help to replace some of the manual non-value-add work around recruiting and elevate what it is that recruiters do on a day-to-day basis. And so for, for, for leaders, the calculation is, look, we can't have these hundreds and hundreds of employees that work in recruiting teams that, you know, we, we can't afford that anymore. So we have to look at ways technology can augment their work, help them be more effective with their time and move forward kind of hand in hand between technology and humans. How has the, like, I mean, the conversations with your customers and, and things, and then the product, I mean, I'm just, how has it changed or has it changed? Like the, the amount of people that are unemployed has skyrocketed. The amount of remote work has changed. Like, I, like, I mean, from us, like we were, we were in the office every day, like pretty like traditional, like I, I personally, I miss the office a lot, but you know, I want to be safe, but yeah. it's like, it's like, like, if you don't, if you can't get to the office, like you can't work here. And then we just went to this hiring. It's like, Oh, you could kind of live wherever. And eventually like, you got to come to Chicago because like, that's where we are and, and whatever. But like, the, I can only imagine the number of applications for the for positions are going up and like also the, the limitations of who can work. It just, I can just imagine the volume has changed a lot. Like what are you seeing in the product? Like, what are you hearing from your customers about that? Yeah. Yeah. And, th- and this is one of those weird kind of eerie feelings as, as like you know, someone who runs a business and sells a product. And it's, it's this weird feeling when like when, people are struggling and when the economy is not necessarily doing the best, when there's more unemployed people out there, really what our product does becomes more valuable. And I would never like, I would never root for like, that's by no means what I'm saying, right? But the, the, the challenges we're helping organizations overcome have become so much more heightened, especially across many industries, right? We spoke, you know, before the podcast started about obviously certain industries haven't bounced back yet, like, you know, travel and hotels and stuff like that. So take those aside, all these other industries are just being bombarded with applicants, right? Unemployment's much higher. I think people are struggling to find what it is next that they're going to take on, right? So you're seeing that the challenges, you're seeing many more applicants. You're, you're seeing that teams are a lot smaller because they had to either lay off or furlough their recruiting team. And so they're asking their actual recruiters to do more work with less time, money, and resources, right? And so that's really where something like automation and something, you know, can really come in handy, right? Our goal is to be out uh, and communicate with all candidates, no matter who they are, whether they're a good fit or not a good fit for the role, give them a really great experience for the hiring company, knowing that, hey, again, 99 out of the 100 applicants aren't going to end up getting the job. But that doesn't mean that those 99, six months from now, a year from now, won't be a fit for a role that comes up again, right? So let's give them a really good experience. 
And then let's follow up with them over the course of time. And the, the way our tool does this is it does it without the recruiting team having to do manual work around it. So really you have the ability to reach these candidates in a way you've never done before, right? Because, and especially in these roles we're typically working on, they're very high volume, you know, there's relatively high turnover. And so it's kind of almost that revolving door where you need to have this pool of candidates you can continue to engage over the course of time. And so that's really um, where the tool really is, is, is beneficial. Yeah. Um, what do you think has been the greatest challenge during this time for you and for the business? I think it's just like generally unknowns, right? And this is our, our first time founding, right? So there's unknowns at every single stage. Like, you know, we, we get to this, we, we get to where, like we set a goal, we get to that goal thinking that, oh, we've done it, right? But then when you get there, you realize there's a million new things that the doors have opened, challenges you, ne you need to over overcome, right? So I think it's not necessarily that, you know, there's one specific thing that, that has been caused by COVID or that, that has amplified one specific issue. I think really the challenges is that COVID touches every part of running a business, right? I think it touches how your customer interactions are going, how you hire. You have to be much more strategic in how you hire. There's a lot more risk to bringing on people now than there ever was before. And so really it just amplifies a lot of the same challenges that we were gonna go through no matter what, um, COVID aside. It now just makes them even more important and more. you need more focus on it. One of the things that we, in a very early podcast, a long time ago, we talked to Kimberly Diaz from One Tilt and she run, they, One Tilt is a diversity, equity, inclusion company. And we talked about how not, we weren't just going through this economic and health pandemic, but also this pandemic of racism after we, after seeing George Floyd killed and the Black Lives Matter protests that come in Breonna Taylor and the, the Jacob Blake in Milwaukee. You know, we, we continue to see this over many years and weeks and months and uh, time and it's impacted everyone and also businesses. How has um, the racism in the United States like and, and responses like how has this impacted you and your business? Yeah, no, no, it's, it, it's been tough. I mean, there, there have been legitimately studies that have shown that are, and not just from COVID and the effects of kind of the health crisis have negatively affected minority communities even greater, but on the job front as well. So there have been studies to show that, you know, um, our black community, that, you know, the Asian community and, and uh, Latino community have been affected exponentially more by job loss and by unemployment than, you know, than the majority, right? Um, and and so, so part of the challenges, the challenges we're having, again, have been amplified even more, right? And there's an interesting study that was done by ZipRecruiter, and this is more gender focused, but I think it it show it helps tell the story of you know what candidates face in the experience. But so today, on average, seventy percent of job descriptions contain male gendered words. So if you just go online and you search ZipRecruiter, indeed, for for any job description, like you read it, seventy percent of the time it contain the word he, or you know male gendered words in it, right? Yeah. And they did a study and showed that if you just simply rewrite the job descriptions to not contain those male gendered words, you get 40% more applicants, wow. right? Which is crazy. Like the first time I read that and I dug into it, I was like, how is that possible? But really self-selection 
is huge in the process. And I, I think about like when my wife applies for a job versus I like, she needs to have every single qualification. Like she needs to like blow away. Whereas for me, I just throw my resume in for literally everything, right? <laughs> but like, so, so words matter, right? And yeah. so as we look at the product we're building and how we're engaging candidates at scale, there really is a right way and a wrong way in how you communicate, right? And consistency is such a huge part of that. If someone is having a conversation or gets on a phone screen with a recruiter and no recruiter is like malicious in what they do, but people have bad days, they have good days and you know, like, so things come out, right? And I think if candidates can't see themselves in the process or see themselves in, in an organization, it's very easy for them to just say, nope, I'm done. Like I'm, I don't want to be a part of this. Right. And so I think Diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging is becoming more of a focus because we're getting more attention on, on institutional issues we've had for, for decades, for centuries, right? But it does really rear its head in this. And so we are challenging ourselves in everything we do from a product perspective to who we're hiring, to what advisors we're bringing on, to, to focus on that, right? And we have some really cool partnerships. So... Uh, the, the country's largest nonprofit for helping uh, minority communities get corporate American America jobs is called Inroads. So we're partnering with Inroads, um, and um, and so we have a really cool partnership helping them on their College Links program. So providing minority uh, high school and college students opportunities in corporate America and helping them hire in that process. Um, so really, really, this is a big focus of our business as we're moving forward. Um, if you could go back, like think about like kind of back to the future, Marty McFly, if you could, you know, catch yeah. yourself in the car, like you just appear in the car and you're driving home from Mountain View, you know, one day from the Y Combinator and then it's, you know, February or early March 2020 and you have five minutes with yourself, what, what would you tell yourself or would you tell yourself anything? Uh, just, just everything's going to be okay, right? Like, I think like my biggest thing that I focused on as we've been building humanly is like trying to get as much of a sense of like where, where, where our team is strong and maybe where areas we need support, right? And truly surrounding ourselves, whether that's with employees or whether that's with advisors we're bringing on, or even our early customers, like every one of these stakeholders, if we continue to surround ourselves with really amazing, successful, diverse people, we're going to bound to be, be successful no matter how much I screw things up, right? And so at every step of the state, every step of the company, I challenge myself to say, hey, what can we be doing to help elevate what it is we are and how we lead and how we hire? And, and so like, I would just tell myself, look, keep doing that, right? Keep challenging yourself. You know, yeah, you're going to, you know, come March, it's going to be brutal and you're going to want to you know, go, go off the grid and, you know, drive somewhere that there's not internet for the next six months, but, um, you know, get uh, through it and you'll be okay and trust yourselves. Yeah. That's what yeah. There, there were, there were a lot of stories, people doing that. I don't think for you, it was, sounds like it was an option. Yeah. Yeah. A little too much going on in life. Um, what's inspiring you during this time or who is inspiring you during this time, whether it's someone, you know, or someone that you just, you know, that you follow for inspiration. Tell me, tell me about that. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, I, I, I look to some of the, some of the amazing people that we've been able to, to get connected with, right? Like, 
you know, and everyone has their own unique story. And so it's so interesting. Like, so one, we're lucky to have one of our advisors, um, a place for the San Francisco 49ers, um, Eric Armstead. So he's a defensive tackle for them. And um, he actually grew up in the Sacramento area like I did. And we had an opportunity to meet with him. And he does so much work in the Sacramento community, in uh, the minority community, helping with education and job loss. And, and again, like he, you know, he is about as good an NFL player as you could possibly get out there. And, you know, he has to work out six days a week for five hours a day. And so like to see that, like he truly believes in helping those that are, you know, that, that haven't been able to accomplish what he's been able to accomplish and, and being able to see as invested and using his platform for such amazing causes like that inspires me every day. Cause he could just say, Hey, you know, like I'm an NFL player, you know, yeah, I, I think, you know, this stuff going on in the world is tough, but I'm going to focus on playing football and that's it. Right. But he understands what his platform can, can mean to people. And he really uses that um, to help, to help people. Right. And so as I take on things and, and, and slowly grow what we have it humanly in the platform we have, I really try and challenge myself and look to leaders like that, um, you know, to, to really understand, that, Hey, you know, everything we're doing on a day-to-day -day basis can be amplified even more. Um, as we kind of wrap up, what's, what's one piece of advice that you would give to other business owners, entrepreneurs listening to this podcast right now? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the biggest thing is like really rely on the people you have built around you. And I know I, I hate to go back to it again, but like as you look to found a business or start a company or fundraise or, you know, like when I talk to recent college grads, you know, I, I, I connect with people from my old university and really like anyone and everyone in your network you've ever talked to. So whether it's a parent's friend or, you know, like I used to work at the City of Davis camps or maybe a camper's dad or mom who happens to be a corporate executive at whatever company, like really like lean on every piece of your network and, and go out and talk about what it is you're doing because not only is it could it potentially lead to something really big, but it's also going to help you get better at communicating what it is you're doing, right? Anyone that's willing to listen to what it is you're doing, talk to them and, and practice, right? And, and that's what's going to lead to, to something really big, right? That's great. Well, I think that this all sounds really great. And I think that we, as we, it, it's it just more interesting to me as time continues to go on and we're continuing to be impacted by everything that's happening and to talk to someone like you um, and hear your perspective is really helpful um, for me and I think for a lot of our listeners. I want to thank you for your time today and wish you guys a lot of continued success and uh, in like in every part of the business and life as, as we kind of go over the next couple of months and years. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, Josh. Again, um, you know, you can connect with me. I'm super active on LinkedIn. So you could just search Andrew Gardner and Humanly. Um, it's humanly.io. So if you want to learn more about what we do, but again, thank you so much for, for, you know, giving us a platform here and, um, and, and shedding light on everything people are going through right now. It's really We're cool. Link to everything in the notes and thank you again and have a great day. Awesome. Thanks, Josh. Thank you for listening to this episode of Restarting America podcast. Make sure to subscribe in your podcast app and visit restarting-america.com for more episodes like this one. Restarting America is produced by 97Switch.